Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Do you feel like you keep dating people who won't commit and you've struggled in your dating life? You've gone through all these breakups, or maybe you've even struggled to consistently date and stay in the dating game. And you are actually the one who struggles to commit and let your walls down. I know how exhausting this can be when you have this desire on your heart that you really want that partner, that best friend, that person to build a life with, and yet your dating life is just going nowhere and you can't seem to find a person to build a healthy relationship with. I just know how frustrating that is. And I was able to take everything I know from clinical psychology and attachment theory research and NLP belief work and build a program that can help you no matter what your past has been, even if you've never had a healthy relationship before in your life, this program will help you become the securely attached, healthy, high self-worth version of you who effortlessly attracts that partner that you've always wanted. So spots are really limited. We can only take a small amount of people every month. And I want to invite you to not wait on your healing. Love is for those who are willing to be brave and do the work And you are so deserving of removing the barriers to everything you desire. So I just want to invite you, apply to the Empowered, Secure, Loved program. You get coaching with me and you will be able to embody that version of you that you deserve. And spots, once again, are super limited. So make sure you apply. You can find the link in my Instagram bio. My Instagram handles Dr. Morgan Coaching, and the link will also be in the show notes. I'm so excited for you to embody that healthy, securely attached version of you. You are so worthy of it. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. It's your host, Dr. Morgan, and today's episode is going to be fun. I am talking about my 30s and specifically what turns me on in my 30s. Let me tell you, this is a whole different list than it would have been in my 20s, okay? I would not take a million dollars to go back to my 20s. What an incredibly challenging time in my life. There's actually this great book called The Defining Decade. And it goes into detail about, gosh, why the 20s are so challenging. 
But I really do look back on that time in my life. And I know there was so much struggle, identity search. That's how I would define that period of my life is really trying to figure out who am I? What, what matters to me? What are my values? What do I want to do in the world? Obviously working on my healing and connecting to high self-worth and letting go of bullshit, unhelpful beliefs so much in my twenties. So as I'm in this, this new decade, my thirties, I'm, you know, turning I'm like, how old am I going to be? I am turning 34 in August. So I just, I've been thinking about what does it, what does it feel like in my thirties and what, what do I value and what's different? And I want to share it with you and see if you resonate with some of these things. Um, before I get into it, did you all see the post I posted on Instagram and my IG in case you don't follow me on IG yet, which what are you doing? Um, but Instagram, my handles, Dr. Morgan coaching, but I posted this post and it was just talking about my relationship with my boyfriend. And this was, um, I don't know when it was, but the cover photo is like the two of us holding hands. But I mentioned how, um, my, my boyfriend has like a funny sense of humor. And there was this text he had sent me about, he was like at Walmart and he found this llama, like a llama statue. Walmart has the most random stuff, right? But he found this llama statue and he sent it to me and he's like, Hey, we should have a drama llama. We can put money in here every time there's drama and then we'll go out for a nice dinner and I screenshotted it and, and shared it on social. And of course, I told him about it after. Don't ask permission. Ask for forgiveness. <laughs> Just kidding. I should have told him before, but he didn't care. Um, but what is so funny is I wanted to clear up that the drama that we were referring to was actually like family drama. What family doesn't have drama? Okay. Um, there was some things that had happened, which I won't go into detail, uh, but just like some family drama. So we in our relationship actually have zero drama. I'm not kidding you. Like we communicate so well, we listen to each other so well. I mean, obviously there's conflict and there's times where we have to work through conflict. That's totally normal. But in terms of like drama, quote unquote, that is not a thing for us. So anyways, I just felt like clarifying that because on my list to get us started, I have this list here of things that turn me on in my 30s. The number one thing here is drama-free relationships. Relationships without drama. Oh my gosh. Um, being able to be in a place where your friends genuinely love you, they're cheering you on friendships where there's no competition, friendships where you know that just because you don't always stay in contact doesn't mean that you're not a high value friend. You can go a month or two without even talking to each other, but know that you still love each other. You're good friends. It's just adult life, right? Where we get so busy, we're working, we're doing all these things. We don't always maintain contact. So drama free relationships, whether they're romantic, 
family, friend, work, drama-free. None of this comparison, none of this, oh, you know, you said that to so-and-so, like, I don't play telephone anymore. I don't get in triangulation. If someone wants to talk to me directly, we talk directly. So I know a lot of you listening, you can relate to this. You're like thinking back to your friendships in your 20s and just the drama. Like, oh, you know, Sally, um, I can't believe that she wore the same thing as me to the party or, oh my gosh, did you see what Renee said on social media? Like, I just, I'm not, I have no energy for it. I'm not here for it. And I'm so grateful that I have drama-free relationships in my life. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, moving on to the next thing that's different for me in my 30s is securely attached, emotionally available sex. Now, this one is going to get a lot of you thinking because for a lot of people, they have been used to the anxious avoidant sex dynamic where there's that like magnetic pull. And I've talked about this before. The reason that kind of sexual connection is so intense is because the only time that you're really getting that reassurance or the only time that you're really feeling deeply connected is when you're intimate, right? In the securely attached, emotionally available relationship, you're getting intimacy. You have that reassurance. There's this secure base. So it's a different kind of sexual connection. And in my 30s, I really appreciate this kind of of intimate relationship because it allows for play, open and honest communication about what you like and what you don't like, a feeling of emotional safety. And it's hard to really explain or put into words the depth of emotional connection that you can build with a securely attached, emotionally available partner over time in the bedroom, right? And it's not to say that obviously you do have to work on keeping it exciting and keeping it fun, of course, but just to have that safety and that freedom to be who you are in your intimate connection, to share what it is that you want, to speak up, to be assertive, to understand that there's ebbs and flows in sexual desire and just talk about that with each other. Like, I so appreciate this kind of intimate connection versus in my 20s, all of the anxious avoidant dynamics where sex was kind of just the only tool in a lot of my relationships for feeling connected. So in my 30s, so grateful. I feel like I have a completely different relationship with sex now and it's so much healthier. Um, I'm going to talk about this in another episode, but with anxious attachment, especially sex is used as a connection strategy and there can be so much pressure put on it and it can almost feel like a compulsion, like you need it, even though maybe you don't want it, but there's something in your brain and your body where you feel like you need 
sex and that's why people talk about people talk about like love addiction or sex addiction i actually believe it's when sex is used as an anxious attachment strategy and then you don't have other strategies you can get that feeling of like addiction or compulsion right and i've been there i know what that feels like i know how painful it is and how when you get rejected by your partner how painful that can feel because it's not just about sex. It's about this is our way to connect. This is how I know that you want to be with me. There's so much reassurance connected to it that it really throws off your sex life. Okay. So I'm really glad to leave that in my, in my twenties and to have an entirely new relationship with sex as a securely attached emotionally available woman with an incredible partner. Thank you. Thank you, God. I have so much more peace in my life. It's amazing. Okay. The next, the next thing that I love about my thirties or things that I appreciate in my thirties is when relationships get better with time. I don't know about you, but going through relationships in my 20s where maybe they started off good, and this is all relationships, but there was not a way for them to be sustainable and for them to deepen over time. And in my 30s now, I have such an appreciation for the people who stay in my life, who make an effort to maintain relationships and where our relationships actually grow with each other and they do get better with time. And I don't think I fully understood that in my 20s. For example, I have a friend, shout out Mariah. We've known each other over a decade. And y'all, we went to Spain together. We studied abroad in Spain together. And holy cow, we've seen each other at some very interesting seasons in our life. If, if y'all talk to Mariah, she'd have some Dr. Morgan stories for you for sure. Um, but this girl, like I, I love her so much. And there are ways that we both grew. And there were definitely times where we felt kind of disconnected from each other. And what I love about us is we were always honest about that. Like we had tough conversations. And we've always found ways to come back together as friends, even if there's been like seasons where maybe we're not as close. So in my 30s, I just have a huge appreciation for the people who show up in my life and who make that effort. I have other friends too. My friend, Dr. Shiva Asar. Um, I have my friend, Bijal Patel. There's a lot of other people that come to mind of um, my friend Kristen. Now, now I'm going to go on this rant. There's a lot of people, okay, where I look at our friendship and I know that they've made the effort to continue to build as we've grown. And maybe we've even grown in different directions, but we've still maintained a friendship. So in my 30s, I'm incredibly grateful for relationships that get better with time and relationships that grow with me. And I don't think I saw that coming in my 20s. I think you just kind of think like, oh, you're going to be friends with everyone forever. 
Not the case. There will be people where you grow apart, you don't put in the effort. And it's not that they're bad people or you're a bad person. It's just not all relationships are meant to grow with you. And not all people have the emotional capacity to do the work to grow friendships for a long time or a romantic relationship, obviously. Okay, moving on. Something else I'm really excited about in my 30s is people who have a curious mind, people who question things, think deeply, and people who do not think in black and white, that they're able to see the gray, that they're able to see multiple perspectives. These are the most intelligent people who can think about things in a complex way way. It doesn't mean that they agree with all sides. They simply see the different sides. And the way that our country is, the way that politics have changed, um, I just appreciate these kinds of people more and more. Once again, I'm not saying that you don't have clear value systems or that you know where you stand, but people that can see different sides of an issue, I really appreciate I I myself always work to understand issues from multiple angles, even though, of course, I have, you know, opinions and value systems. I think it's important to think in a complex way about the world. I really, really do. And this is why there's actually so much trash relationship advice out there, because people want to just make things black and white. And I love to teach people guiding principles and ways of thinking instead of black and white rules or, ooh, send this person this text message. No, like it's all like contextual in terms of how we show up in relationships. There's so many factors and it's not black and white. So I prefer to teach people how to think differently instead of teaching them like, well, here's the exact structure that you need to follow every time. No, 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 no. I believe in beliefs being changed, identity being changed, attachment style being changed. And then you need to learn how to trust yourself so that you can show up how you need to in every situation. Okay. So I know I just went on a rant about some of the stuff I don't like online. To to be honest, I'm just going to... Now I'm going on another rant. Um, I don't watch content online. And I think that that's really helpful for me that I don't take in other people's content. Occasionally, I will connect with people that I know, like my friends or other psychologists or other people that I know online. I'm going to cheer them on. I'm going to connect. But I don't really take in other relationship content, other people in the space. I really believe in just putting out what I know to be true based on my time as a clinical psychologist, based on all the work I've done with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. I know that I need to put out the truth so I don't cloud myself by looking at social media. And honestly, I'd recommend that to you. If you are like burnt out on social media, I would just have you... Here's another thing I like about my 30s, just being unapologetic, okay? I would just have you say 
what feels authentically good to me? What could bring me some joy? Like what would I want to create and put out into the world? So stop looking at what everybody else is doing, your friends or other creators, and just tune in and be like, hey, what would feel good to me? And if you're obviously have just a personal account, um, same goes for you. Like what actually feels good to you? We never want to have social media feel like this pressure of keeping up with everyone is so ew to me. Like even more in my thirties now, it's so funny. I had a client that used to say, that's so ew to me. And sometimes I, I catch myself doing it. So it is though, like it's gross. If we're letting social media cause us to be insecure, then what are we doing? Like get off of it. If you If it's impacting your mental health in a negative way, just get off of it, please. Until you can come back and have a better relationship, please get off of it. Okay. (laughs) What are some other things I appreciate in my 30s? I'm sober, guys. I, in my 20s, I drank a lot. I drank to numb my emotions. I drank to feel like I could fit in with people. I drank to not have to deal with breakups or feeling sad or any emotions that were uncomfortable, anxiety, stress. I was not at a place where I was addicted. I will say I was misusing alcohol. And there was a lot of binge drinking behavior, of course, of course, that's like normalized in our culture. And in my, it started. In 2020, I took the year of 2020 to be sober. Yes, during the pandemic. And a lot of people are like, you picked a great year. It was a great year to be sober because my brain was already so mentally impacted by the events going on in the world. I needed to be sober during that time just to navigate the emotional ups and downs in a healthy way. So I'm actually very glad that was the first year that I chose to be sober. And then in 21 and 2022... I think I had a total of six glasses of wine and they were probably like family events or with friends. And maybe it was a little bit more than that. I'll say six to 12. I don't know the exact number. Um, But 2023, I just thought to myself, I don't even like having to make the decision. I don't like that my brain thinks about should I drink, should I not? And I've just decided to be sober and it feels really, really good. Like very, very good. And I'm excited to continue it. And I don't feel bad about it. And you know what, to be fair, some of it could be some of the cultural shift that there's more and more people who feel this way. And maybe I just feel like, yeah, I'm not alone. But I also just think I'm in a place where I just don't care what people think about me. And I don't feel pressure to drink to fit to, to fit a to fit in with a societal norm or even my family, right? Like I just know, hey, I'm me. I'm going to show up and I can have a LaCroix. I can have tea. I can have these like really interesting like CBD drinks. Have you guys seen these? I think one brand is called Recess. Um, hello, sponsor me. Uh, <laughs> but no, like... There's so many other ways I can enjoy myself. I just don't need alcohol. 
So that's new in my 30s. And then the final thing I want to touch on with what I love in my 30s is good sleep. Can we get an amen? How important is good sleep? The older I get, the more like rigid and crazy I am about my sleep. And I kid you not, I bought a whoop. Maybe you've heard of whoop. Um, I look at my, my sleep score, my recovery score, my HRV, the heart rate variability score. I love the data. Like I am a complete nerd now about sleep and it makes a huge difference in my life and my mood and my relationships. So if you have been struggling with mood or anxiety or just feeling tired, I urge you prioritize eight to nine hours of sleep. And there is research out there showing that women actually need more sleep than men, which is so true with my partner and I. He's good on like six hours. I am an eight to nine hour girl. If I get nine hours, I am in heaven. I love it. So please, if you know that you need to work on your sleep, make it a priority. Okay. You owe it to yourself. I hope that you loved this episode. Something kind of fun. Me just reflecting on the thirties and what I, what I love about this decade so far. Um, and I want to just encourage you that if any of this resonated with you, let me know. I love hearing from you. Shoot me an Instagram message at Dr. Morgan Coaching on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. And of course, of course, if you didn't know about it, I want to make sure you know that you're invited to Sexy, Secure, Magnetic. This is a live masterclass that I am doing on healthy relationships, becoming securely attached, how to pick emotionally available healthy partnerships, all the things. Okay. And I only do this about two to three times a year and these always fill up. So make sure you reserve your spot. The link is in the show notes, of course. And I can't wait to see you there live. Live is the best because I can answer your question. So it's happening May 18th. Grab your spot. Can't wait to see you there. And thanks for tuning in to this podcast. I appreciate you as a listener. It really means a lot to me to have this community and to be growing together. I appreciate you. And of course, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk with you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce, And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, 
I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.